back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Broadbent. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the DIA Pod. Let's get right into today's show. All right, guys, we are excited to welcome in a special guest today, a college pitcher and captain for the Fairfield Stags, Jake Noviello. Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's great to have you. Um, so let's just start with uh, some little background, like where you grew up, high school you went to, and then where you are now. Yeah, uh, grew up in Franklin, Massachusetts, about an hour outside of Boston. Went to Franklin High School, the public high school there for four years. Uh, I was a football player and baseball player there. I played quarterback and uh, I was a pitcher for the high school team. And uh, now, like you said, I'm a junior here at Fairfield, pitcher, captain. So that's uh, kind of my background. Um, and then, so obviously that Franklin team when you were a senior in 2018, special team, uh, believe one of a long in a long time to win it in the seventh spot and not one of the yeah. first two top two seeds and also be a public school to win I think only the third team recently to do that um so like what was that like to win the championship oh it was great we had a uh I tell everyone this we had a great team the, at the time I was the only kid that was committed to play college baseball and there ended up being seven kids out of that team to go on and play. So that was pretty special. We were really talented, but I think we just meshed so well. And every weekend we were all hanging out. We had great chemistry. And like you said, being seven seed, we kind of had a chip on our shoulder because we knew that we were better than some of those Catholic conference schools that just got the nod because they're presumed to be better than the public schools. And uh, we were, we, we felt like we were the underdog because we were, and we really played like we had nothing to lose. And when you're doing that, there's not a lot of pressure on you. You can just go out and play and play your game. And I think we did a really good job of that. Um, and at the time we were the lowest seed to ever win it. And I know, I think it was North Andover the year after us actually won it as the eighth seed. So they, uh, they had to one up us there, <laughs> but yeah, just a really special team. It was a really, really cool run that we made. That's awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's going through your mind when you're taking the ball in the last inning of that game, um, getting ready to get those final outs? Yeah, well, coming off that eighth inning, I, I came in relief and uh, got some big strikeouts there and I was really pumped up and I actually had not bat in the top of the ninth. So uh, there was a runner on third and I couldn't get him in. I, I didn't get the job done, but I really knew I was just focused on pitching at that point. So just tried to gather myself and we were coming to the heart of the lineup. We had three, four, five coming up with uh, two kids going to power five schools. Uh, their four hitters at Vandy and their, uh, their three hitters at Michigan right now. So uh, we had some big bats coming up and just tried to keep the ball low. Didn't want them to hit anything out and really change the momentum and uh, great defense behind me. So I had a lot of confidence. Yeah, no, it, uh, based on what I read, it sounded like it was a very cool moment. Um, what was it like to strike out that last batter? Like, It was, I, I, honestly, I, I blacked out. Like, I, I remember throwing the pitch and throwing my fists up in the air after it dropped in. It was a curveball for strike three. It was pouring rain out, so uh, I knew if I didn't get that down, I'd, I'd – 
have some trouble throwing it again for a strike, but it was great. Just ran to my teammates and we dogpiled and uh, it was just a lot of hard work that everyone had put in had finally paid off. So it was great for us. Yeah, that's all. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's one hell of an experience. And I mean, going through those guys you went through being committed to those schools, it's just crazy. Yeah, to uh, the semifinal too, and made it even sweeter to beat them again in the championship. So <laughs> and we two guys that are going to, uh, you know, went to schools that went to the championship last or two years ago. Right, right. And they uh, actually, those two kids are now pretty high, highly touted draft prospects for this year. So pretty good, pretty good players. Pretty cool. That's amazing. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about the transition from high school to college? I mean, obviously you did face some talent like that in high school, but I mean, we all know college is kind of a different animal. So like kind of the adjustments that you had to go through to get used to this level. Yeah, it was tough. Honestly, the, the first freshman fall, I got my teeth kicked in pretty bad. Uh, coming off that championship, I kind of thought I was riding high and really just had no idea what I was walking into college. Like you said, it's a whole different animal. There's every single guy on the team is the best player in their league coming out of high school. So you're facing guys that are used to winning, that are that are faced to always being the guy, um, and they're they're used to that. So it was tough, and I really had to transition my game from really I was fastball heavy in high school, and I had an okay curveball, and I didn't have a changeup at all. So I really had to develop three pitches uh, that I could throw for strikes and you're facing guys that are four years older than you. They're 22 years old and they're, they're big. And you know, some of these guys haven't played a whole lot. So they have a chip on their shoulder and they see a freshman come in They're licking their, licking their chops just to get a, a bite at you. So uh, definitely hard, but you learn how to pitch more. I've, I've become more of a pitcher. I think I came in at 210 pounds. And uh, as I sit here now, I'm like 240. So I had to really work out and put on some weight and, I think my fastball is maybe 85 and I'm, I've gotten that up to the low nineties now. So you just have to really develop yourself. High school is great, but once you get here, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. And I mean, that cutter, your development's pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I, I wanted something that my curveball comes in around, you know, 75, 76. And like I said, my fastball in the mid nineties or low nineties. So I wanted something that would be a little harder, have a little bite to it, and uh, it's coming along pretty good. So that's something I picked up this winter when I was training. Yeah, it's, it's looked good so far. Yeah. Um, so obviously you were named the captain over the winter. Um, so that's, that's an honor to anyone. Um, but like, what does that mean to you to be named the captain of this team? Yeah, it's, it's really special. I think my biggest thing when I came into college, obviously I wanted to be a great player and, you know, do everything I can to play and help this team win. But uh, most importantly, I just wanted to be a great teammate. And my dad played in college. He played at Providence and he, the more, more that he talks about than anything, is just his relationship with his teammates. And I think that's something that's been very important to me, just treating everyone with respect and pushing guys and, uh, making sure everyone feels part of the team and just being named a captain, like kind of reaffirms that I'm doing a good job of that and really trying to push guys and get the best out of everyone and the team. Um, so it's definitely a special honor. I'm, I'm very, very happy that uh, I was named that and have that opportunity. Yeah, no, I will say when I came in, obviously you were one of the first guys that like got to know me, but 
also I could see you were a born leader, a natural leader, just no. from interacting. I appreciate that. And I mean, you guys and uh, the managers, you, you're there every day and sometimes earlier than us and you guys help us out. And we appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know. I know even just you guys feeding the coaches or taking video or uh, reading the rap soda for us, like that's, that's a lot of work. And I don't think you guys get enough credit. So uh, you guys are definitely a part of the team and we, we really appreciate all you guys do. Thank that's you. what we love to hear. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, and it's cool how you've taken on that leadership role after, you know, the upperclassmen, I'm sure when you came in in the fall, they kind of gave you some good guidance, making that transition. Um, any guys you want to shout out in particular that helped you get through that first little bit? Yeah, I'd say, oh, geez, freshman year, guys like Pete Horn and Ian Halpin and Nick Esposito, they, they really took me under their wing and they were guys that I looked at as leaders and, uh, you know, lead by example. And uh, they were bigger guys and they were vocal. And I think I'm kind of that guy. I'm not a church mouse, as Colby will probably tell you. Uh, I definitely run my mouth a little bit and let guys know I'm there, but that's just kind of how I feel I can lead and uh, show guys the way and try to motivate people. So, um, you know, freshman year, you learn a lot and you kind of, you kind of sit back and you just keep your mouth shut and you, you watch. And I think those guys really brought me through the ranks and took me under their wings. So without them, it could have been, you know, a totally different experience, but definitely thankful to have them there. Yeah. Perfect guy to mic up during a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing that content come out. Yeah. Um, so obviously last year was not ideal with COVID shutting down the season. Um, I know I've heard stories where like you guys basically got off the bus and then boom, season ended. So like, what was that like for you? Like hearing that? That was, uh, we actually, so we had played six games over at Stetson, which is on the East coast of Florida. And we were driving over to Tampa on the West coast. I, believe, I think it was a Thursday. Cause we had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday set with uh, USF in Tampa. And we stopped at Chipotle for lunch at two o'clock and coach Courier came to the front of the bus and, announced that the Mac had suspended all games for the rest of the year. We were done. And I didn't even, I, I didn't think about myself at all at that point. I thought of, you know, Ian Halpin and Josh Arnold and Eli Oliphant, like all these guys that were my best friends that I would go over to their house every single weekend um, and just hang out with them. And those are the guys I'd hang out with on the bench and talk with and mess around with. And you know, all I knew at that point is that they were done and I would never play with them again. So that was, that was really horrible. Um, thankful for the opportunity for them to come back and the NCAA give them an extra year because it's great to have their leadership and just their friendship back. But those guys that we lost, like I feel horrible for because no worse way to go out. Yeah, the whole situation just sucks. And thank God the NCAA did make that uh, rule that some of the seniors could come back because it's awesome to see them uh, get their chance now. Uh, I know I'll never forget how apocalyptic all that felt when it was like first the Ivy League canceled their season and then dominoes kept falling. Our team had just practiced and was down. I believe it was in Richmond um, and they got pulled off the practice field right in the middle of it and then College World Series got banged and it, it was just crazy. 
at that point, like we got canceled and COVID was just booming at that point. And we were worried that we weren't going to be able to fly home. We, we thought, we thought wholeheartedly that we were going to bust home from Florida because they don't want us flying or whatnot. Um, so that was horrible. Like you said, it was just apocalyptic. We've never been through anything like this. So crazy. Yeah. yeah and I mean, to follow that up, uh, like, obviously it's been a long time in quarantine per se, but how did you stay in shape and just like stay active and ready for this season? Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, I had some weights down in my basement and before everything really got bad, like mid March, late March, my dad actually was able to purchase some heavier dumbbells for me. He got me like 70 pound dumbbells. So uh, I had like 70s, 30s, 25s down in my basement. And my buddy, Steve Lutazzi, who's my best friend, he's the first baseman at UMass, and they're obviously in the same boat. So he would come over every single day, and we'd work out for two hours. We'd play music in my basement. We actually built a squat rack uh, in my basement and uh, out of wood and screws and concrete buckets that we got at Home Depot. We, we built that and put that together. And uh, I was lucky enough to have an Olympic bar, too, and some plates so we could squat and deadlift and do all that so for really two and a half months straight he would come over five six days a week and we would work out together so that really helped to kill some time and also stay in shape and uh that was big for me i know before COVID even hit i injured my elbow so i was probably going to be out for most of this that past year anyway and then when COVID hit i was just rehabbing my whole way through COVID. so uh kind of worked out for me in the end where I didn't really miss too much time, but uh, that was great. Yeah. It's always good when you can be in it with someone else. And that was one beauty of it. At least some people could come closer together. Um, but you kind of like played into my next question of, was it just throwing off a high school mound nearby or um, just flat grounds with your friends? That's really about all you could do. Um, just like about staying, keeping your arm in shape. And I know you talked about your dad too, being a big impact. Was he basically your, your pitching coach through that whole time? So actually for me, so I got hurt the end of February and I got an MRI and I ended up partially tearing my UCL. So it was between, uh, they, they have this injection, a PRP injection where uh, you get it and it heals up in you know a month or two and you can get back to it. But with COVID hitting, all those uh, elective procedures were shut down. So I didn't have that opportunity. And instead, they told me uh, just to not throw baseball for five, six months. So uh, during that time, I was going to rehab. Uh, I go to a gym, uh, Cressy Sports Performance up in Hudson, and they're the best in the business. Um, they, I've been going to them since high school and uh, their head guy, Eric Cressy is actually the head strength coach for the Yankees. So uh, his whole team there was able to get me back in shape, but really from March until July, I wasn't throwing. Uh, I was just lifting and trying to get as strong as possible, build up my legs. And uh, I guess once July hit, like you said, high school mounds, I'd go to Franklin high school. I'd, I'd grab Matt Venuto from Mansfield. Who's our catcher here or Jake Mackey, who's the catcher at Merrimack. That was my high school catcher. Um, and I just throw to them. So it was tough. Just a lot of, a lot of backyard workouts, really. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't definitely ideal, but it's great to be resourceful like that. Um, yeah, for yeah, sure. I also had some local guys that could play a little bit that I could get my work in with, which was which was great. Yeah, so a little bit back to uh, like the transition from high school to college. What was that recruiting process like? Because I know you said you were the only guy who was like committed by the time the championship went down. Yeah. So like talk us a little bit through that process. Yeah, so for me, it started my sophomore year. Uh, I was, I, I played on varsity all sophomore year and I was a starting pitcher for them and did really well. And my high school coach, lucky enough, he used to coach at Wheaton College and knows hundreds of college coaches. So one day he, I guess, made like 15 phone calls for me and uh, reached out to BC and Northeastern and uh, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. So like some really big schools. And my first visit was to BC my sophomore year. I uh, went there and I went to Northeastern and uh, Brown and Dartmouth, some uh, Northeast schools like that. Uh, we went out to Notre Dame sophomore summer and that was great. But for me, like I wasn't really ready yet. I, I like to consider myself like a late bloomer. Like I wasn't at my full, you know, peak performance yet. I might've been throwing 82, 84 as a sophomore. So not great. I was 170 pounds. I uh, hadn't really filled in my body yet. So those ended up not working out. And, you know, kept working out, kept going to Cressy up in Hudson. And by my junior winter, I was up to 86, 87. Like I'd started to fill out. And Fairfield actually saw me at a prospect clinic. Liked what they saw. Coach Cole was there, uh, who used to be an assistant coach here. And they had me down for a visit and uh, offered me. And within the month, I had committed. Because uh, after seeing the visit here and going to the beach and kind of experiencing all that I, I knew this is where I wanted to be it's definitely it's definitely a great place to say least. Yeah. the beach the beach is a selling point yeah they, they brought me into the beach house and I, I didn't need to see any more after that <laughs> yeah yeah that's the uh that's the only problem with UConn our our beach houses are basically just farms around here so <laughs> we don't really have that luxury right, right. no you got um, the nice facilities though well, we do. We do. I'm very lucky that we have that. Um, but yeah, it's good that a place like Fairfield can work out. Obviously, it's a it's a very well-known school, but it's not as big as a place like Notre Dame where someone could get lost in the shuffle. So it's awesome when you can find a place that, A, you get plenty of publicity because you're a bigger school, and B, the playing time is there. So that right. it's an important balance. I think that's something from talking with other guys, like I feel like we have really, really good players that, you know, also they're kind of the same boat as me. Like we're recruited by BC earlier, some of these bigger schools and maybe just weren't ready yet. And I always tell people the difference between, you know, uh, power five school and maybe us as a mid-major is just when you get recruited. Um, they get guys freshman, sophomore year of high school, and we get guys, you know, sophomore, junior year of high school. And, I think we can compete with anyone in the country. I really do. I think we're going to be very, very good this year with our staff and who we have hitting. And it's really just a difference of when you get picked up. Um, I, I don't take anything away from those big schools. Like they're obviously very good and very competitive, but I think we can play with anyone. So that's just kind of my take on it and recruiting wise. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. I mean, I've been telling Hunter this whole time, I think 
we we should win the MAC. We gonna and then we're projected to face Texas Tech, which would be a ton of fun. But um, our team's looking really good. Our staff is awesome. Mm-hmm. Obviously, headlined headlined by you, Trey Sanson, those guys, and then our hitters. I mean, I can't even. We have like six four hitters. Yeah, you know, my time being here is the best staff we've had from you know a starting pitching perspective and also guys that can come in relief. Uh, we're very, very mature uh, guys that have had a lot of mound time. And uh, at this point in the winter, this is the best the hitters have ever looked. I think they're really getting their swings down. And you know, usually early the pitchers dominate, but it's not really the case this year. They're, they're definitely getting their barrels and uh, being competitive. So that's, that's great to see. Hopefully that translates to the field. Yeah, if last week's live was any indication, the hitters are looking good. Yeah, they are. They are. They're, they're definitely on their game. Yeah, I mean, we kind of got a similar situation going here, too. Um, very good team. Might be one of the best all around that our program has ever seen. So I was, I was disappointed to see that we weren't matched up in the regular season schedule this year. But, yeah. you know, yeah. hopefully usually, soon. Usually we'll, uh, we'll head up to stores or you guys will come down here. Uh, and that's... I have a good buddy, Eric Stock, that's on the team. So uh, we played together over the summer, and I was hoping to be able to see him this year. Uh, we were sending a text back and forth before the schedules came out, but uh, it's not going to be the case, I guess. Yeah, he's uh, a great threat on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, yeah. Throws super hard, and guy just hits better than anybody. He is. He is one of the funniest kids I know. He uh, During the summer, we, we played up in Maine together, and he just always found a way to – get the guys going so he's a good guy yeah and kind of about what you're talking about earlier um our coach said in an interview the other day and I couldn't agree more that this has the potential to be the best season we've ever had of college baseball with the combination of the talent that's in there and everybody's just pure desperation to get back on the field after the whole crap shoot of last year so there's so much to look forward to I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I know for us, every game is a conference game. There's no, you know, sometimes you look at non-conference games as getting some guys in there that might not play or, you know, some games you don't really have the energy on the bench, but every single game we play this year, we're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And uh, there's only four teams making the playoffs for us in the Mac and there's 11 teams playing for it. So it's going to be a dog fight every game. And I think we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a great season for sure. Um, so obviously being a mass guy, um, there's the big history of baseball here in Massachusetts with the Cape Cod League, the Red Sox, obviously the uh, NEB, uh, NECBL. Yeah. Um, so like what was it like growing up like from Little League to now, like in that type of environment? Oh, it's great. Uh, I remember my first time walking in the Fenway and you guys can probably say the same. You, you kind of walk up the, the concourse and you know, this big stadium opens up in front of you and there's really nothing like it. Uh, my dad would take me to those and even Cape Cod games, a couple of my buddies, their grandparents have houses down on the Cape. So we go to the beach during the day and then always finish at a Cape Cod game at night. And uh, it's pretty special. It's a really special place. My high, my high school gym teacher, uh, coach P is actually an assistant coach for Harwich and has been for 16 years now. So I used to hang out in his office and he would tell me about guys and, uh, you know, five years later, they're playing in the majors. So it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, definitely a great history of ball and mass. Yeah, I'd agree. 
Yeah, the Cape League is something that anybody growing up in the general New England area has to get themselves out to a game because that environment is pretty special. It is. It's incredible. And obviously um, wanting to play in it, I assume. Well, most college guys, that's their dream. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the gold standard for sure. So I know we've got a couple guys going there, um, which is just a great opportunity for them and get our school out there, get Fairfield kind of on that stage and show that we can play with those guys. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, if you guys do what you're planning on this season, no reason that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, can you a little bit more about the whole growing up thing? Who are your role models or your favorite pitchers to watch? Or I know you were two-way in high school, so even a hitter that you like to watch, just guys that you might see like similar mechanics to. And obviously there's plenty of guys you ran into at Cressy as well, I'm sure. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, my biggest role model is my dad. First of all, he, he pitched in college and he uh, obviously similar build as me. He's, he was a big righty and he taught me my mechanics. He could, he could watch me in a game and, you know, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And I'm like, crap, you know, he's right. You know, I don't know how he does it. He, he doesn't even have to look and he knows. So he, he was my biggest inspiration, but even watching guys like Kurt Schilling, I know uh, when he was with the Red Sox and what he was able to do in the postseason, that's definitely a guy that even now I'll look back on or Roger Clemens. I actually had the opportunity to pitch with Clemens in a game, a charity game a couple of years back. So I was able to talk with him and uh, obviously the rocket, he, <laughs> big righty and uh, was able to have a lot of success throwing his fastball. So uh, a lot of guys that I kind of model and will watch and try and pick up different things and uh, try and be more efficient with my delivery. So there's just a couple for, for me. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, that video that I put out, Coach Courier said you look like Nolan Ryan, so I'm sure that's a great compliment. <laughs> might, might need a couple more ticks on that fastball, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a bad comp. I'd, I'd be happy with that one. Um, so you said your dad played, like, uh, you, he pitched at Providence, right? Um, so growing up, was he like your pitching coach or did, would he just critique you from the stance? No, he was, he was like my pitching coach. So he would, he would get home from work and he'd sit, sit on a bucket and just have me throw to him in the driveway. I, I'd stand parallel with the basketball hoop. He'd go to the end of the driveway, set up the bucket. And we did that for 10, 12 years. Uh, first time I've actually ever seen my own pitching coach was this winter. First time ever. So I actually worked with the pitching coach up at Cressy this winter, worked on some things. But yeah, for 12, I guess 14 years, he, he was a guy. So I owe a lot of what I've done to him. I, I tell that to everyone. I, I got to give him the credit first because <laughs> without him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's great to have that in-house. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And just, uh, you know, he, he knows what I'm thinking all the time. And uh, he's the one that knows me best. So he can, he can pick things out like that. And he's, he's pretty special. It's awesome. I love stuff like that. Um, all right. So thank you for coming on. Um, that was, that was great to hear about the perspective of obviously the transition and then college and then COVID. There was a lot to happen since you've yeah. been to college for sure. Yeah. 
It's, it's definitely been, been an interesting three years so far. But hopefully we just have an ordinary year and a half left. That's what I'm hoping for. That's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no lack of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for coming on. And um, I'm sure, I mean, I know I'll see you later, but it was a great talk. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, this, this was fun. This is a lot of fun just being able to talk to you guys. Yeah, it was awesome. And hopefully maybe we see you in a postseason matchup. Can't yeah, wait. hopefully we, we play you guys in a regional or something. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Jake. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Colby, I'll, uh, I'll probably see you later. Yeah, I might come film your left. So. Wait, go get big. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Thanks for having me on. See ya. Right. Bye. Bye. Well, Colby, like we just said, um, he gave us a great perspective. Uh, there's so much to take away from that. And it's just cool hearing um, from the mindset of guys that, you know, we can, we can pretend what it's like to be in their positions as managers. But at the end of the day, no one really knows what's going on in the head of an athlete other than the athlete. So anytime you can hear what they have to think, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I'd say like obviously I'm around him every day. I just I just filmed his pen. I just saw what he puts he puts more work than I've seen a lot of guys put work into. And I mean, you don't get that far in baseball without putting in that type of work. So it's awesome to just hear the perspective. Yeah. Um and, you know, we hear different stories of with COVID, some guys, it was a blessing and some guys, it was a curse. I mean, obviously nobody wanted it to happen, but the fact that it coincided with an injury, keeping him out for a while and he was able to rehab, it does work out nice for him that now he can come back in full force and hopefully have a great campaign for you guys this year. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, the first thing he said when I brought up COVID was he thought about his buddies who weren't going to play baseball again, because it's not yeah. like they're getting drafted. And I think that speaks, like we, like I said, he, he looked like a natural born leader when I first met him. And when he took me under his wing and just taught me the ropes of Fairfield baseball. And I think that speaks exactly to what he is. Like he wasn't thinking about himself in that moment. He's thinking about the guys on the team who weren't going to play baseball again. And that's why these guys are the best players when they have that mindset of the team and not caring about themselves. That's really what matters the most. And Obviously, it makes a lot of sense why he was named a captain this year. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't get named a captain at a, at a, in junior year for no reason when there's seniors and grad students on the team. Like, that's a big honor. And obviously, he carries it in high standard. But I think it's even bigger than any of us realize. Absolutely. And it's, it's always nice when they can carry the torch that the guys before him uh, handed off. And the funny part, too, is when you think about how he was mentioning coming out of high school, the transition being difficult in fall ball, it's, it's got to be a very weird situation going up against your teammates because these are all guys that in a few months you're going to be rooting like hell for. But fall ball is competitive. There are cuts at the end of the season usually. So that's, it's got to be a tough situation. But it's, it's good to see that he had some help getting through it, and now he's passing that along. Yeah, I mean, I I personally put him as the number two starter on our team. That's how good his he he has become since COVID. Like yeah. he's he develop he throws about 
his fastball is like 91, 92. He hit 92, 2.9 in the fall, which is, I mean, we count that as 93 because yeah. you got it. But his cutter, he doesn't give himself enough credit. That thing, that thing moves like a slider, but somehow looks like a fat. It, it's insane. And he's, he's developed his curveball right on time. And his changeup still getting there, but it's pretty good. Yeah, having a pitch like like a cutter like that is really what puts guys over the top. I mean, to get into college, you you have to have those two good pitches, the fastball and the breaking ball. But having a cutter like that sets you apart. Um, it's just absolutely filthy if you can harness it right. And it seems like he's definitely on that track right now. Yeah, I'd say the difference. So from high school to college, it's two pit two master pitches to three master pitches. And then the difference between a good college pitcher and a great college pitcher is the three to four. And he's developing that four. Definitely. Um, it's great to see. Um, yeah. And, and he's always, a big guy. Sorry. You're good. No, he's a big guy too. Like, like you'll uh, the video we put out that one from behind, he takes up the entire screen. Like he's not, it's not like he, he said he's 240. He looks bigger than that in the video because that's just, how he's built yeah and that's intimidating staying in the box for especially when a coach compares you to nolan ryan you don't hear that one every day no um and changing the subject a little bit it's always cool to hear those stories about your dad being your coach um seems like he was really always there for him and cliche or not no one knows you better so to be able to watch his mechanics grow from day one all the way to where he is today it's pretty special yeah no I mean he's he ba he said this year was the first winner he ever had his own pitching coach obviously aside from the Fairfield pitching coach but having your dad with you on the long that ride for that long I know like at least with me having my dad with me when I was pitching like that's a special time but then to also have it where his dad was a college pitcher like there's a bond that's created there that you can't replicate yeah absolutely no better teacher than that and it's pretty cool when someone was able to be in college and then pass it along to their son yeah i mean that's the dream right absolutely that is the american dream some people might have different definitions but for us it's it's passing baseball along to the next generation <laughs> exactly exactly and i mean talk the fam obviously i'm not a red sox fan you are but when he talked about the family experience, even I had that experience too. Like you walk up, you, you see the field. That's a jaw dropping moment. No matter who you're a fan of, Fenway is just that type of park. So it's cool to grow up for us and him, obviously it had a big impact. Yeah. I mean, it's the cathedral of baseball and it never gets old. It's always a special feeling whether you're walking in there for the first time or for the 6,000th time, every time you just get overwhelmed by that sense of history that's around you and people that have come before and just how beautiful of a ballpark it is too. Um, so yeah, that experience is something that a lot of people can relate to, but it's always special to be able to be in Fenway and let's hope COVID allows us to be there this year. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, I hope so, but if not, at least it's not the same on TV. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's great to be able to watch, but nothing replicates the, experience of being in the ballpark and i mean speaking of covid uh we have baseball this weekend for the first time in a long time college baseball at least that's an exciting time 
I cannot wait. Um, first college game since last March and all that went down there. So it everybody's just desperate to get back on the field and you're going to be seeing some crazy competition right out of the chute. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the interview, but shout out to UConn baseball heading down to Virginia for this weekend. Three o'clock on Friday is opening day. It will most likely be Ben Kasparis, who will be our Friday night starter, taking the mound for us with a great lineup behind him. A few other guys coming in behind him. Uh, Joe Simeone, Jimmy Wong, Pat Gallagher, a uh, few names, and then super good depth with guys like Will Lucas or Devin Kirby that are capable of tossing a few innings. Kenny House has been here for quite a few years and always does an amazing job for us. So I'm, I'm super excited to watch those games. Uh, Virginia is last checked 16th ranked. So it will be a tough matchup, but everybody has said UConn's a very underrated team. So I'm very much excited to watch that one. Um, are there any games that stand out to you on the schedule that you'll be having your eyes on? I mean, I'd say the Vandy game, just because they got, they might be the only team in college baseball that has two legit aces. Like yeah. I know there's other teams that have like aces per se, but they have two guys that could go top one and two in the draft. And I, I know, know we po- I've never seen that before. I, we posted the picture of the interview that, um, I forget who did it. Um, Pitching Ninja, I think it was. Yeah, Pitching Ninja did it. And, I mean, I watched it. Hearing uh, Kumar talk about his bu- his buddy Lighter and his also his dad, who was an MLB pitcher, like, that's – obviously, he's the better pitcher, but talking about his co-ace in that way where he's like, oh, no, he's a stud. Like, obviously, we all know that, but to hear it from the guy who's – I mean – if you think about it, they're basically competing, not competing, but they are competing. Yeah. So to hear him talk in that high of a light about his co-ace is very cool. And I think that's going to be a special season for them. Yeah. I mean, I'm a guy that's always been a proponent of starting pitching carries you just like we've seen in the majors with teams that have good starting pitching win the world series. So even though Vandy's only coming in ranked fourth, uh, I think those guys will definitely carry them throughout the year and, if all goes according to plan, that team is just going to be so special to watch. Um, taking on Wright State this weekend. So obviously baseball, any given day, you never know what happens. But looking like a good weekend ahead for Vandy boys. And I'd say, I mean, they're on a revenge tour after that uh, Michigan loss in 2019. Like we, we all forget about that. They, lo- they lost the World Series in 2019. They're looking for revenge. Yeah. Tim Corbin is an amazing coach, always does such a good job developing that team. So, of course, they will be out for blood. Um, It's funny, we talked a little bit about in the other episode, but Michigan is not ranked at the moment. So it's kind of crazy to see that downfall from the top of the world a few years back, only two years back, actually. Uh, We didn't have much college ball last year. But the little bit Michigan had last year, uh, UConn handled them pretty well. Um, yeah. So you have to wonder where that played into the rankings, along with Jeff Criswell being drafted. He was their horse throughout the College World Series run. So I'm sure Michigan will make an impact and get back in, but it's surprising none, nonetheless to not see them ranked out of the shoot here. Yeah, and I'd say at least schedule-wise, the best game looks like the Miami-Florida game because, I mean, those are two top 25 teams. Florida number one, obviously. They're insane. We know that. I mean – I see all their posts on social media. Those guys look, they look ready. Miami also, I mean, 
you can't just forget about a 20, 21st ranked team. They could do anything. It's baseball. Like we said, Wright state could upset Vandy. That means Miami could absolutely upset Florida. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you took the words out of my mouth too. That's where I was about to go. Um, catching that one on the sec network this weekend, but yeah, battle of the Titans there. Two really good teams, Florida coming in number one right now. So even despite losing some guys to the draft year in and year out, just about every sport, Florida finds a way to get it done and high hopes for that program coming in first ranked. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, UCLA too against San Francisco. UCLA and Florida, I think are one A, one B. If I had to put it, I think it's just comes down to the SEC bias personally. Mm-hmm. No, you're um, right. That is something yeah. that stands out in every sport. Yeah, no, it's a thing. You can't argue it. It's definitely a thing. Um, yeah, UVA, can, UConn, you said that's obviously going to be a great series. Obviously, we're rooting for UConn. Virginia looks good this year. I think they're ranked a little low, personally. I think they should be like 11-ish. But we'll see after. If they can, if they handle UConn, which I hope doesn't happen, they should be in the top 10. Yeah, that'll be a big test for both of these teams. Either Virginia can absolutely climb very high in the rankings or UConn can be a sleeper team and maybe crawl into the rankings at some point. A lot of people have said it's a possibility. So there's a lot to watch from early on. Um, Definitely no easing into the season with a competition like this right out of the gate that'll have long-lasting impacts throughout the season. Um, Another one I'll have my eye on is Louisville taking on Bellarmine, um, another one, 3 p.m. on Friday. Seems like all the good games are happening then. So I'll have to get the uh, multiple boxes going to be able to watch everybody. Um, But Louisville, once again, as we've said before, year in and year out, that team's always ranked very highly, coming in at five this year. Um, Yeah, just something else we'll we'll be wanting to keep an eye on. And I also would say the LSU Air Force game because, like, Fairfield's projected to face Texas Tech in the regionals. UConn's projected to face LSU in Louisiana. So, I mean, you got to watch out. Got to keep an eye on them. Yeah. And while we're staying local up north, um, there's Northeastern Wake Forest. Wake at 17. Um, Northeastern's developed some good players over the years, so you can never sleep on them. Um, Another one that we'll want to watch. And NC State at 13. They're also in that 3 o'clock window. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really just, it's an amazing slate for our first taste of college baseball in almost a year now. So there is no shortage of excitement that we're going to have, uh, jumping right into it. Yeah. And I'd also like to shout out the Arizona ball state game, Arizona at 22nd, um, ball state's videographer is also their starting catcher. So I think like he posts on TikTok all the time. I think that's awesome. That just is cool to me. It is. Um, some of these TikTok vlogs that guys do, it's pretty fun to watch. Um, I'll shout out Kieran Deveni and Ryan Hyde here at UConn. They do some pretty cool stuff on TikTok. If anybody listening wants to go check that out, but, uh, yeah, anytime you can be a videographer and a catcher combining those roles, that's, that's not bad. Not bad. You know, I'd have to say like, I, I mean, personally, I take some of the ideas he uses, put them in right into the Fairfield videos. Also hey. check out stags underscore baseball for all my videos. Absolutely. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that though. A lot of these uh, big entrepreneurs have said the best way to learn is to take 
bits and pieces of good stuff that you've seen from other people. So I respect that strategy very much. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it will certainly be an exciting weekend. I know that I'll be watching college baseball 24 seven here in my quarantine. There's nothing better to do. Um, I'm stuck in here until March 3rd. So hopefully, hopefully by then I can get back out to helping the Huskies and doing what we do best. Yeah, no, I sucks that you're there till, for so long, but I mean, at least you get to watch some college baseball. Yeah. And everybody knows this is a risk. Um, it's, this is college these days. Um, it is something that we'll have to keep an eye on throughout the season because we obviously want to get through more than the X number of games it was last year. Some teams, 15, some teams, I think Jake said six for you guys. 11. We put 11. Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, we were, we, yeah, we weren't good though. Yeah, it's it was a tough situation, but yeah, everybody's got to wear their masks and make sure they follow the guidelines so we can get through a nice season. Um, you've looked at other sports. There's been some speed bumps, no doubt, for basketball and hockey. So hopefully the baseball guys have all learned from those experiences and we can stay healthy and avoid too many interruptions. And, and keep, Yeah, no, keep going. No, I was just going to say it's looking like it might be, could be bubble situations for regionals and college world series. So, which I mean, is basically what we're doing now anyway. Like all the guys are on campus. We're not really leaving campus much. So it's, it's basically, that's why I think college baseball will have more success than even the MLB. Cause mm-hmm. we're basically, we're not in a bubble, but like, there's not much to do anyway. So hopefully that helps. Yeah. I mean, as long as everybody does what they're supposed to, it shouldn't be a problem. And I'd say like these guys that like Jake and these guys, they care. Like they're not going to just disobey the rules just cause like they want their season. Yeah. It's always important. And guys like him as a captain will be passing that along to everybody else. I mean, you never know. There's always some people mixed in that could do something irresponsible, but for the most part, you have to be very smart to be a college baseball player. So hopefully everybody uh, does what they need to. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you have anything else to add on today's show? I mean, so next week we'll definitely recap uh, this weekend's college baseball for sure, because it's going to be an exciting weekend. We'll particularly focus on Vandy and then UConn UVA, because those are obviously our games to watch. Um, and then, um, we'll also, you know, we'll talk, we'll keep the MLB going a little bit. We'll talk cause pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. Players. Yes. For happy some new years. year. Yeah. Happy, happy truck day guys. Um, <laughs> players are next week for the most part, I think. So it's, I know usually I've gone, I went to giant spring training almost every year until last year. So I'm missing it. It's, it's okay. I'm not like too upset just because they suck. Um, but like, I mean, obviously I like got to go into the clubhouse with Buster Posey when I, last time I went, which was awesome. That's so crazy. like those types of experiences I'll miss, but it's spring training. If we can go to the, if I don't go to spring training so I can go to baseball games, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. I second that. Um, yeah, it's, this type of the year, time of the year that we live and breathe on every 
tweet and every picture and video sent out by our team's beat reporters on Twitter. At least I know I do. Um, you'll sit there and watch a guy playing catch on loop just a couple times because it's those sights and sounds of baseball that you've been waiting all off season for. And we've had it at college, which is great that we have that experience. Um, but not as many people are as lucky as we are to have these roles. So just seeing any baseball is beautiful, especially after what we've gone through this year. I agree. It's, it's going to be fun, hopefully. Yeah, and MLB, there were some speed bumps early on. MLB made it through the 60-game season last year without too many interruptions after the first few weeks. So as long as everything goes according to plan, we should have a great season of baseball on tap. And a lot of teams have discussed they might have, you know, 25% capacity per se. So catch us at the that's ballpark fans. soon. If that's, that's fans. <laughs> Got to look positive. Yes. As, um, as people on Twitter have liked to say, stay positive, test negative. That's, that's a mantra that I'm taking oh. throughout this time of the year. I like that mantra. So, all right, guys, that's it for today's show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Jake Noviello. I know that it was a great experience for us, and it was really insightful. Um, as Colby said, we're looking forward to a great show next week of talking more college baseball, getting into the MLB a little bit. We'll have plenty more guests for you coming throughout the season. Yeah, so, I'd say the, I'd say the week after so we'll bring up back up the guests, uh, maybe get a UConn guy here, switch off, alternate. Be fun. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, once I am, once I'm out of prison here, I will definitely get the ball rolling on that because I would love to talk to some of our guys and get them involved. So don't forget if you have anything, anybody out there that's listening to the show, send us a tweet at beyond the diapod or DM us on Instagram at beyond the diamond podcast, spread the word to your friends. Um, and if you're a college guy out there watching this and you want to come on the show, reach out to us. We'd love to have you. Uh, we're very open-minded people. So we'll see you next time here on Beyond the Diamond. And thanks for listening, everybody.